This is Brad Sherwood from Whose Line Is It Anyway, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Go Steelers. Hi, my name is Kiefer Sutherland, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, it's Joe Gatto from Impractical Jokers, and I wanted to let you know that you're listening to Iron City Rocks, and Pittsburgh could suck it. episode 511 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, blues, and comedy talk on the net. Episode 511, we are joined by the one and only Mr. Joe Gatto, most notably of Impractical Jokers. Joe is going to be coming into Carnegie Homestead Music Hall here in Munhall, Pennsylvania to do two shows on October 6th. Early show at 7 o'clock, late show at 9.30. You can get tickets for that. We'll have a link on our website. It was a great opportunity to get a chance to, to talk to the man. Uh, I think we've all seen the show. You know, he and his buddies clowning around, doing uh, crazy things that uh, I think a lot of us do with our friends, but uh, on a much grander scale. So it was an awesome opportunity to get a chance to talk to him and pick his brain about how things went on the show, what you can expect from a night of stand-up, I know many of you may have seen him when he toured with Impractical Jokers, but this is, you know, a full-on Joe Gatto night of comedy as it's billed. So he's got those two shows, also doing a show on October 26th in Youngstown, Ohio, and the 29th in Erie, Pennsylvania. So if you can't make the October 6th show, uh, there's plenty of opportunities to catch him in the region. So without further ado, Mr. Joe Gatto. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line, Mr. Joe Ghetto. How you doing, Joe? I am excellent. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. You're going to be rolling into town here, uh, actually in the western Pennsylvania area, several times in October. You're doing two shows in Munhall on the 6th. That's a Friday night. And then you're hitting our friends to the west in Youngstown later in the month in Erie a couple of days later. So really within driving distance, four shows where people can check you out. Um, yeah, I like to keep it local. I like to keep it local. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good way to tour. You don't have to uh, do the six hour runs between shows like like the rock bands. Yeah, um, for sure. For those who are used to your persona on TV, can you talk a little bit about what might be different in your live stand up show versus you know clowning around the grocery stores that they're used to? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'm by myself. So that's the first thing, because I get asked all the time when I'm seen out and about. It's like, where are the other guys? Yeah. Like we tra- <laughs> it's like we don't travel together. Um, I uh, Yeah, like my stand-up show is my take on me. And I, I've heard from people that and – and I've taken this as a compliment that people, when I get to meet them, like at my meet and greets after the show or whatnot, or just uh, around town, um, they'll be like, oh, wow, you're funny. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Uh, but it, it's fun because the show is really – captured me as a person i'm not playing a character when i was on the tv show you know so people if they like me on tv they're gonna like my stand-up you know my stand-up is basically 
me telling stories from my life and a big part of my life is a lot of stories from the TV show, being with those guys, as friends, um, you know, and the newer things in my life, you know, fatherhood, um, growing up with my crazy Italian mother, um, part of my million rescue dogs and things that happen with the craziness that is my life, things like that. So it's really a nice mix of, uh, if you got to know me on TV, you get to know me a little bit deeper and, and I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, yeah, just the Italian mother probably could do a ninety-minute set. I, I would imagine <laughs> my mother's not Italian, but I'm going to guess. Um, I do notice on social media you talk a lot about rescue dogs. Can you talk a little bit about your, you know, what kind of drew you into that cause and, and the kind of work you're doing there? Yeah, I mean, we still we launched our uh, nonprofit Gatto Pups and Friends uh, out here on Long Island in November of last year, um, and you know, we just had like our thirty second rescue i think which is phenomenal uh-huh. and we've uh, you know we've done adoptions now besides me i used to just collect <laughs> old dying yeah. dogs out here um and try to give them the best life but now we're able to like actually do some good work here and find them loving homes for the last parts of their life and it's been really rewarding i mean i got into it because we rescued our first dog uh biscotti uh, ten, uh eight years ago okay. um all all my dogs are named after mostly italian desserts and pastries <laughs> but uh we uh you know yeah, they go on that theme because you know you 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 talk about what you love. <laughs> exactly. And and I did uh you know, and it's been just rewarding work. I just fell in love with, you know, helping these animals that don't have a voice and and just it's a really rewarding experience. It's like dogs are the best, man. They're always excited to see you. <laughs> they hate when you leave, you yeah. know, and uh they're good snugglers. So it's really it's just been really rewarding work. And especially to be able to do it with the family and show my kids, I really think it teaches compassion. Um, it teaches them about life and responsibility. So it's been really, really rewarding. Excellent. Um, when you decided to walk away from being a regular cast member on impractical jokers, was it kind of surreal to watch the show kind of after the fact without you being on it? Yeah. I don't, I don't watch it without me on it because it's, uh, it's a little, uh, salt on the wound, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, it's different, you know? So it's like, yeah. you don't, you know, being part of something that being such a big part of something for a long time is like, that's the way you want to remember it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's it. And, uh, but I, I think, you know, I'm still friends with the guys. I see them all the time, talk to them all the time. I love them. I wish them nothing but the best. Um, they're doing their thing and I'm proud of them for it. Yeah. And, uh, I just think, it, you know, and they wish me nothing but the best, you know, we're still best friends. It's, uh, it's just funny because people, people say all the time, are you still friends with the guy? I'm like, we're friends 30 years, you know, you we're just not friends from work anymore. So just, yeah. it's just a different, it's just a different dynamic. You know, we're out here supporting each other and, and uh, you know, helping each other out. So I think it's a little bit different. You, you think of like, a, you know, Aerosmith, for example, you know, if, if somebody decides to walk away, it's usually, you know, lawsuits and lawyers and, and things like that, where, you know, no one with when the redneck comedy team, you know, when they do solo things, you know, no one thinks they're necessarily mad yeah. at each other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Exactly. When, when you, um, guy started the show obviously it it blew up in popularity was it something that you you saw coming you know as you're putting you know the episodes together obviously they're they're put together well in advance of when they air did you have a sense you know that this is going to take off or or were you caught off guard by that i had a sense i i felt like we were on to something because we were having so much fun doing it and mm-hmm. i've always said if you have fun, like my experience with comedy with these guys has always been you know, we've been doing live performance since 1999. We've been doing it. You know, we weren't like an overnight success. We put the time sure. in. And it was always when we were having a good time, people can't help but have a good time watching people have a good time. And I always believe that. And we were having so much fun doing it. 
And the show quickly became about friendship more than anything. I was like, wow. I said, this is really interesting that people are kind of like, we were falling down laughing legitimately, like just, and couldn't believe what we were able to, to do. And I think what really did it was we were surprised at how the public reacted. We weren't a show where we were trying to push people buttons, get people mad at us. That wasn't our show. Our right. show was really putting our friends under the screws and watching yeah. how your friends react and making your friends laugh. So it was like, when we started and I saw the first couple episodes come together, I was like, this is pretty interesting. And I think true saw it as well, you know, to their benefit before the first, you know, to their, uh, you know, to give them their, their accolades here. It's they, before the first episode even aired, they ordered more because they saw it and they're like, this is something here. This and they really went all in. Yeah. So I, I think it was undeniable when we watched it, but even more so when you lived it, when I was in it, I was like, the people are going to love this. This is going to be great. But you never know, you know? So we were like, all right, I hope so. <laughs> and yeah. then when people, like when we got renewed for season two, I was like, I didn't even think we were going to make episode two. But to have a second season and then third and then, you know, go all the way through nine for me and keep going with those guys. It's like, yeah. it really is to become, I had a decade of my life dedicated to making people laugh on the television show, which is surreal. Yeah, I think it was, as a viewer, you know, just speaking from my own uneducated opinion on it, but it was interesting to see, you know, if you guys had been four strangers doing this, you might have walked away saying this is cruel. You know, you guys are really yeah. asses to each other. But I think the yeah. fact that you knew there was a bond between the four of you, I think made it identifiable the kind of, you know, crap you would pull on your friends. You know, you know, yeah. everybody does that kind of stuff with their friends. They insult them, and, you know, and it's in, done in a loving way. You know, I, I think, you know, if you guys didn't know each other and you saw some of the stuff and, and Sal always seemed like devastated when he would get the punishment, um, yeah. you'd actually like, well, those other three guys are jerks, but it, it made <laughs> it really fun. You know, I mean, some of them you well, to be able to, to know how to punish, to be able to, to be able to know how to like, quote unquote, punish your friends, but do it still in like a loving way. Because it was funny yeah. because like. When you are getting punished, it's it's a weird thing because you're like, oh, this is terrible, but oh, this is really funny. I'm proud of them. This was a good idea. And if you think about the way we did it, like Sal, for instance, like he was always afraid of like everything and stuff. And yeah, then we like really just yeah. dove in. And we like dove in. We're like, how can we make this funny? And then like we had the idea. I was like, oh, what if we just put him in a haunted corn maze, which is nothing to people. People do that for fun. But for right. Sal we right. knew what it would do to him. And we literally just got a little girl who's clearly an actress and put her in a cornfield. And we just knew that would set Sal off. And it did because like, we know Sal to that level. So I think, I think that really helped the show where it wasn't like, if you got four strangers, it was like, how am I going to get this guy? How am I going to hurt him? How am I going to make him scared? You know, yeah. like if you put, make a haunted house for, it would basically just been jump scares, things of that nature, but right. it wasn't. It was just literally a clearly little girl actress who Sally even calls out and says, that she, I know you're an actress. Like, right. we just knew, and he was genuinely oh, scared because, like, so you could really do things at a different level when it was friends. And I think all the shows that flopped trying to do it after us um, yeah. because they just cast people, they cast strangers. It just doesn't yeah. work. You know, the show was more about friendship than anything else. Yeah. So it was knowing that Murray valued his eyebrows and hundred percent, hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, do you enjoy that? Like now you're doing touring as opposed to the production schedule of TV show. Is it kind of refreshing? Cause I know like after you do these shows in Munhall, you've got like two weeks and then you're back at it. Does it give you a little more time at home to be able to do yeah. the, the touring? Even though I think a lot of people think, well, damn, he's in a different city every night, but I imagine yeah. the TV show was all consuming. Well, not a, not a little, uh, it's worlds apart. It's yeah. worlds apart. Like I'm in charge of my own schedule and being able to like 
drop the kids off at, at uh, school and then go catch my plane in the right. morning, you know, and then be here to, to do homework during the week and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things like that. And it's just, a, it's a different thing. Um, you know, it's still the, the travel's tough, you know, it's, it, it's, you're, you're away from home and whatnot, but right. you know, during the days I'm completely available, you know, I'm not bringing quote unquote, bringing work home with me. I don't have to watch edits. I don't have to do yeah. notes. I don't have to, you know, do all the stuff that came with the TV show that was all consuming. I mean, we did, 30, you know, anywhere from 27 to 31 episodes mm-hmm. a year, uh, you know, a season and there's 52 weeks in a year. So you do the math of how hard that is to do. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's a, that's the biggest part of it is that I could be present and, uh, actually, you know, this summer I taught my son how to swim and ride a bike and it's been so really cool to be able to be here and do it. I was able to take the summer off, which was unbelievable, yeah. you know, for me. Um, I have, I, you know, this is probably the most treasured summer I'll ever have that I was able just to. I worked really hard in the beginning of the year, knowing that I was like, you know, if I do this now, I'll be able to have when they're off and around, I could be off and around and we could do stuff. Yeah. So it's just a different thing when you're in charge of your own destiny and you're not part yeah. of an ensemble, you know, it's, it's really a thing. Do you enjoy the immediacy of the feedback doing stand up? you know, with TV, you do this episode, you know, it's going to air on a particular night. Maybe you get some you know, tweets and things like that, but not nearly as in your face as a live audience. Did you kind of yeah. miss that aspect? Well, I always came, I came from live performance. So always, always knew that I liked that. I mean, that's the reason why we really started touring with the Jokers. It was like, this is another part of our thing that wasn't our, uh, you know, itch that wasn't being scratched. It was like, we can make people laugh live. We want to do this. So when we started to tour, you know, on top of the TV show, <laughs> so yeah. that was craziness, but um, to be able to do that, it was like, oh, this could be really, really fun to do this all together. And once we got in front of people again, it was like, oh, this is where, you know, we're destined to do something like this too. It's really, I like to be able to provide an escape, like an event, which is really yeah. fun. So that's why, like, I call it Joe Gow's Night of Comedy, because it really is just like a, you know, come out for a night and forget everything that's going on. Just laugh right. with people that like to laugh for two hours. That's something that's not like my comedy's not like, I don't try to be edgy. I'm not political at all. I'm just there sharing stories, making people laugh and having a good time. And that's really what it's about. And I'm mixing it up with the fans. I jump in the crowd half the time, <laughs> you know, yeah. meet people at the meet and greets, talk after things like that. So it's, it really is like a, a good experience that I want to provide for people in a time when we need to get out and laugh. Cause I know how important it is. Cause even myself being through, you know, the times I've had and knowing yeah. how important laughter is, I think it's important to be that for people. And you can't help to love it because I hear all the time from people how I got them through stuff. And it's like, it feels like I wear it like a badge of honor. Like I want to be there for people when life sucks <laughs> to help them yeah. through it. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll honestly admit that Impractical Jokers was what my family binge watched during the pandemic. You know, my, yeah. you know, one of my kids had said, hey, check this show out. We put it on and, you know, just every night, two, three episodes because it was, <laughs> it was a chance, gotcha. you know, you spent. We gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you spend 19 hours, I mean, other than sleeping, you spend the rest of your day dealing with work stress, you know, the the, the health issues of the, of the nation and, and, you know, life's stresses. It was a great way to escape from it. But it, it is the, the live event is always, I think, you know, something that's even more special. Um, so it'd be great to have a chance to see you. Um, for, for those who are, you know, considering the show, um, you mentioned it's not edgy, not political, but uh, as far as uh, age ranges that are appropriate for younger teens and things like that or is this more yeah we suggested 
No, we suggested 16 and over um, because there is some, you know, I do use some curse words. There's no beeping sure. on stage. Sure. Uh, <laughs> nothing overtly sexual, but I, I've had kids 10 years old in, in the audience. It's fun. I mean, these kids have heard everything at this point, you know, yeah. um, but I don't get, you know, I don't get sexual really edgy about anything. You know, there is some cursing and I, it's funny. It's hard because when you see a young kid in the audience and you're doing your material, it's like, yeah. oh, this kid's going to walk in 11 years old, but he's going to walk out maybe 18, 19. <laughs> yeah. And he's mom or dad squirming in the seat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple, you know, a couple F bombs here and there and, right. and whatnot, but uh, it's for the most part, I mean, it's, it's, I like to keep it family as family friendly as I could get it because it's just, um, you know, the, the time of it really hurts young kids coming out too. Cause the show starts normally like seven, eight o'clock, you know, so right. the kids are like <laughs> sleeping by the time it goes. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've had families come out as well. Yeah, the f bomb stuff. I think they're getting that on the bus on the way to second grade. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. You're a smart from man the to drive from the driver. Yeah, yeah. You're you're a smart man to drive your kids to school. Smart man. Yes, but Joe. I want to thank you so much again. The show October sixth, the uh, the uh, Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead, and then you've got a show in Youngstown and Erie. We'll have links to all those as well. So I want to thank you so much. Appreciate your time, man. This is great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Again, a giant thank you to Mr. Joe Gatto for coming on the show and talking to us about the shows he's doing on October 6th. As I mentioned at the top of the program, there are shows in Youngstown, Ohio, Erie, Pennsylvania, both uh, drivable depending on where in the Pittsburgh region you're listening to. So really four chances uh, with a relatively short drive to see Joe Gatto's Night of Comedy, October 6th, being the ones in Homestead at the Carnegie homestead library music hall so we want to check that out we'll have links for tickets in our show notes I want to thank joe for coming on and kind of giving us an insight into you know what went into the making of the show his world of stand-up etc really appreciate his time so invite you to check out our website ironcityrocks.com we're on all the social medias as iron city rocks you can drop us an email ironcityrocks at gmail.com let us know do you enjoy the comedians and other special guests? Do you like certain kinds of music? Let us know. Love to hear any feedback, any thoughts you might have on the show. We'd appreciate from hearing. I want to thank you so much for listening. Until next time, have a great one.